Hello, welcome to the Fire the Canon podcast. On this podcast, we read those books in the Western canon, and we decide if they belong or not. Sometimes we read short stories. And sometimes we read novellas, like today. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought I knew what was going on. Okay, (laughs) let me welcome the hosts into the room. Please. I'm so excited. Welcome, madam. Well, hello. And what is your name? Oh, am I going first? My name's Jackie. Hi. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. It's just, it's a great honor. I've I've been wanting to meet you guys basically my entire life. I grew up watching the show. What? Um, what is she talking about? I'm just so excited to be here on American Idol today. Oh, no. Wait, is this not American Idol? Mm-mm. American Idol is the podcast where they read the books in the Western canon. God dang it. I had a whole Idol. thing prepared. You don't want to hear my song? I was no. going to clap and dance <laughs> and everything. No. <laughs> no song. Okay, well, whatever. Right. I guess Hello, just... also, madam. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Rachel, the other What TV host. show did you mistakenly think you were getting on? Survivor. So Stephen and I, we watched every episode except the finale of The Bear last night. Oh my So gosh. that's the only show I have room for in my mind right now. I'm just thinking about The Bear. No idea what that yeah. is. It's really good. Chef, chef, yeah. chef, 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 chef. That's my impression. He's a really small guy, by the way. If nobody's seen it, it's about a guy who takes over a Chicago sandwich shop. And he is he is pocket size, I have to say. Can he only make tiny sandwiches? <laughs> uh, no, he makes regular ones. They're way too big for him. He can't <laughs> lift them after he makes them. <laughs> yeah, he's that big. People, women were finding him very hot for a while. Oh my gosh, I knew like, it. Like really hot. And maybe it's because he's so small. I don't know. I think it's because he seems really messed up. Yeah, messed up guys are really hot. Look at Kafka. <laughs> I think it's because he seems, he's really pathetic. He's so pathetic, like Ichabod Crane levels, in fact. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to talk about this guy. I'm excited. Wow. Well, do you guys want to hear the story that I have prepared for you today? Wait, can we say what novella we're reading? Wait, did we say who produces the podcast? <laughs> Let me guess. It's you. (laughs) Sorry, Theo. Oh, I would like to welcome this fine gentleman into the room. Is it a new cat? No, it's Theo. (laughs) I thought I was welcoming you guys. Well, someone has to welcome you. Did you just walk into a different room and make me go into that one? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. You're like a vampire. You can't just come in. Vampire. Well, how did he welcome us? (laughs) How did I welcome you guys? Where was he? (laughs) I'm just trying to extend the favor, okay? Rude. I feel like we're in the quantum realm here. Yeah. Simultaneously in the room and outside of the room, welcoming and being welcomed. I bet we get a lot more listens if we weren't in the quantum realm. Don't you think? That's where the podcasts are set. <laughs> Do you think maybe we should consider bringing this back to the earthly plane? No, I'm used to it now. <laughs> Feels pretty good out here. There's not a temperature. Why mess with success? <laughs> yeah. We got a formula for about 100 listens every once in a while. Okay. And I'm Theo. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jackie. I am so excited. Today we are telling you the story of Ichabod Crane, otherwise known as the Legend of Sleepy Hollow by one Washington Irving. That's our Washington Irving song. (laughs) We have to sing it for our guest next week and see what he thinks. It just lends itself to music, don't you think? Okay, we should all come with a line that follows Washington Irving. Washington Irving. And then we all come up with a second lyric. I've got one. You're quite unnerving. Oh, mine doesn't rhyme. What's yours, Rachel? Washington Irving, America's troll. <laughs> nice. 
Well, what about yours, Theo? Um, Do you want more rhymes? I can give you some. It doesn't have to rhyme. No, I know lots <laughs> of rhymes. Okay. I know, but if you want Washington wanted... Irving. He's perving. He's swerving. Okay, that wasn't one I was going to think of. <laughs> it's yeah. a rap. See, I know lots of rhymes. <laughs> Unfortunately, they didn't really make sense. I can't remember <laughs> in the bio episode, was he perving or swerving? I can't remember. He was no, swerving he was, for sure. He was swerving. He was not perving. He was swerving all over the place. And he was not getting what he was deserving either. Oh. He's perving, werving, and deserving. He's werving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, W. Irving. He's Worving. <laughs> he really is Worving, I guess. Okay, cool. Uh, what if we bring our guest on next week and we literally just make him sit there and listen to us sing Washington <laughs> Irving songs we wrote? <laughs> we'll just say, hey, c- can you give us some feedback on this? This is American Idol. <laughs> Tell us how accurate these songs God. are. <laughs> well, before we get into that, um, I have a little, I guess it's a little creepy. I can tell you a story from today. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. You tell a story, and then I'm going to tell a very short anecdote. A story from today. Okay. Something for modern audiences. So today I was doing my semi-weekly um, cat care shift at the local PetSmart. Semi-weekly is every other week, right? It, it actually means, I think, bi-weekly means every other week or twice in one week. It's great because you always get to correct someone. But what is semi-weekly? Semi-weekly has got to be not every week. Let me Google it to tell the exact thing. It means like kind of weekly. Kind of weekly. Semi-weekly says twice a week. That's weird. Well, so does bi-weekly. Okay. I guess there's no way of saying every other week except to say it. So that's when I do my cat care. It's bi-weekly. Yeah. The longer one. Sure. Because um, as you guys know, I have six cats in my house and I thought you know what excuse me let's not gloss over that we talked about it on the last recording okay say name the cats again my three Eloise Evangeline and Ernie the E's yeah okay yeah then I have Anne Rice long-term foster if you want to adopt a cat please adopt Anne Rice she's been in my house since April it's now September um the other two are Foxtail and Spirograph you have not mentioned these cats yet spooky Perfect for Halloween. Yeah. Wait, that just reminded me. How's Spyro going, Jackie? <laughs> Still haven't beaten it. <laughs> Maybe this decade. Wait, what? You never beat Spyro? I've never found all the dragon eggs. Ah, uh, you gotta find the dragon eggs. You know there are, like, walkthroughs online. <laughs> I don't cheat. That's not fun. <laughs> You'd rather play Spyro for 20 years than yeah. use a walkthrough? For eternity. <laughs> yeah, I you don't should... want to win. I just want to play. <laughs> yeah, Rip Van Winkle comes back. He's like, still not done with this? <laughs> The one constant in Rip Van Winkle's life is that Jackie's still playing Spyro. Yeah. Now, if he had actually been gone for 100 years, maybe I would have had a chance, but he didn't give me long enough. He rushed me. Rush Van Hasty over there. That's what I call him. Okay. So anyway, I've got these six cats and I was like, you know what I haven't gotten enough of today is taking care of cats cats and scooping their shit. So you know what? I'm going to go to PetSmart and care for some more cats. So I, I do this because I, I feel too bad to say no. And um, went to PetSmart, and I always have to find an employee to let me into the cat room. They never ask for any proof, by the way, of who I am. I'm just like, hey, Whoa. I need to get in the cat room. And they're like, okie doke. Pro tip, pro tip. <laughs> I need to scoop <laughs> yeah. some cat poop. Just uh, say you're from an organization with, like, a three-letter acronym, and they'll be like, all right, and then you go in there. The CIA. <laughs> yeah. So the Cat yeah. Institute of America. <laughs> hey, I'm from the FBI. I have to get into the cat room. <laughs> 
Um, so I like am stalking this woman through the store because I can see she's like walking ahead of me and she's walking fast. And I'm like, I am not going to let you get out of my sight because if I let her go, I'm not going to find somebody who can let me into this place for like forever because every place is understaffed and there's like long lines at the register. And I want to wait in line for the register. I just want somebody <laughs> to let me in. So I'm like running after her, get her at the back of the store. And I say, hey, can you let me to the cat room? She says, sure. So we're walking and we walk past this big um, – container of crickets, which I guess they're selling as like food for the reptiles or fish or something. And uh, I had never noticed it before. It was like, there were a lot of them in there and I could see them. And I just said, oh, crickets. And she said, yeah, uh, there was a hole in the box and we didn't notice. And all 1500 crickets escaped. What? And I said, oh my God. So did you like shut down the store? And she just looked at me and shook her head and didn't say anything else. And then she let me in the cat room and I was like, Okay, well, I guess that must have been a while ago because you'd think I would notice almost 2,000 crickets being loose in a store, right? Yeah. In fact, it didn't take me long. I was like just in there and I heard like, and I'm like, what is that? There's crickets in the cat room. The cats are chasing them around. I go like in the back to use the bathroom. And while I'm back there, like waiting for the person to get out of the single stall bathroom, it sounds like a motherfucking summer night back there. It is wild. They were everywhere. And I just like was losing my shit. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> she was wow. just like, did you close the store? <laughs> nope. Doesn't say a thing. Didn't want to say, I guess, like, no, that all 1,500 crickets are still here. <laughs> and they're all in the cat room where I'm about to lock you in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. There were so many of them and they were really big, too. Oh, really? But that's enriching for the cats. I guess. I mean, when I let them out of their cages and they roam free, but I think if the crickets just get in the cages there with them, then the cats don't have any way to escape. So that must not be nice for them. Cats don't need to run away from crickets. Well, maybe some of them are afraid. I don't know. Also, there were a lot of crickets just like smushed on the ground. Oh, man. Did you notice that at the end of your shift after you walked around a lot? Yeah, because like when I when I first was in there, I didn't know to be looking for crickets absolutely fucking everywhere. But when she told me that, then I crunch, crunch, crunch. (laughs) What's all that crunching sound? I won't look. (laughs) Yeah. Now that I know this, I, I pay a little bit of attention and I'm like, oh, there are thousands of crickets all around me. Yeah. I guess you're right. Is that what you would do if you managed a PetSmart and all the crickets escaped? You'd just be like, oh, well. Yeah. Because what else are you going to do? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah, what can you do? I guess you'd have to release all the lizards <laughs> to catch <laughs> the crickets. <laughs> and then what would you release? And then you release all the birds and then you release all the cats. And hey, now we're back at the circle of life. <laughs> just stop at cats. <laughs> this PetSmart is run by cats now. <laughs> all right. Now it's a wildlife refuge. Four cats by cats. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you mine. Actually, I have two short little things. One, I was taking a shower the other day and I turned around and there was a cockroach right by the spout. And I just said, oh, hey. And then I thought Jackie would have screamed right now. (laughs) Jackie would have gone, oh, yeah, right through the wall into the other side of the room. (laughs) There would have been a Jackie shaped hole in that shower wall. Yeah. And then I just turned my back on the cockroach and continued and then told Stephen, oh, there's a cockroach in the shower because we had an exterminator come the other day. So I guess that was like the only place it could go to to escape the poison or something. Oh, yeah. I love how you're like, I'm so chill about cockroaches, but you just murdered a ton of them. That's true. It's not my business. 
what Stephen does. <laughs> well, see, the one time, I, I mean, I've had a shower cockroach experience, and it was when I, like, the first day I moved into my apartment, like, years and years ago. Mm-hmm. It was super hot because, of course, it's always really hot when you move, and I just unpacked everything, and, like, okay, I don't, I just need a shower. So I, like, hung up my shower curtain real quick, jump in the shower. First thing I notice, there's a cockroach on the ceiling, and I think, okay, I just need to shower faster. And as soon as I thought, just don't fall on me, okay? There's no reason for you to fall on me. Just just give me two minutes, and I'll be out of the shower. The thing fell on me immediately. Immediately. Wow. Really? It's like it crawled right over me and then was like, parachute, down I go. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Because I don't trust them. It could have just stayed up there. I know it could have. It really could have. <laughs> I, when you're getting it all steamy, I bet it got slippery up on the ceiling. Targeted harassment. But you know a cockroach gets no joy from scaring you, Anything. Right? <laughs> that's why it's such an asshole move. Like, it could have just stayed up there and benefited both of us, but instead it was like, nah. Nah. I'm just coming down there. Because you got it all steamy in there. I had been in there for maybe like a minute, and I was basically taking a cold shower because I was so overheated. So you know how I get when I'm overheated. <laughs> I can't handle anything. All right. Well, let that be a lesson to you. Yeah. (laughs) If I see a cockroach in the shower, I think it's his shower now and I leave. Mm -hmm. That would have been the polite move. (laughs) What's your second anecdote? Short one. Um, My sister, Becca, and I went to visit my great aunt today. And she lives in this nice retirement community. Uh, And we were having lunch with her. Give it a shout out. I don't remember the name, actually. (laughs) Cockroach estate. Like Springbrook or something. But um, so we were having lunch with her and like five of her friends. And I was like, okay, I cannot wait to live in a retirement community because it's like college. Everywhere she goes, she has friends and they're like, oh, you want to go to lunch? Or like, you want to go hear the heart performance today or whatever? It's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They all watch um, episodes of The Crown together every week. You would hate that. It's pretty cool, actually. I would mock it. With my friends, my old communist friends. So anyway, um, I was talking to some of her friends on one side and Becca was talking to her and a different friend on the other side. And Becca turns to me and she's like, is it a bad thing to be called a character? And I was like, no, I don't think so. Why? And she said she was like, Aunt Jane Culler was talking about someone and she just said she said she was a character. She should have been in jail. <laughs> Whoa. And Becca's like, is being a character something that you need to be jailed for? Yeah, it's synonymous with criminal, I thought. <laughs> I don't think so. She was a criminal. I think it's synonymous with weird, or I thought it was synonymous with weirdo. Yeah, like a card. She's a card. She's a card. Well, anyway, let's talk about another character in both senses. His name is Ichabod Crane. Okay. How's that transition? I had a mental image of this guy. Even though I never read this story. I know that you would find him so hot. Because he's a string bean? The whole time I was reading, I was like, Jackie would be all over this motherfucker. Why? Really? Did you not read the descriptions of him? I'm asking you why. He's like an awkward, gangly freak. Yeah, I am. Oh, man. Yeah. No comment. He's awkward. He's gangly. He's got a big nose. Just like a single teacher who loves the occult. He's got a big nose. He's gangly. He's a weirdo. Jackie would be into that. Uh-huh. He's the Nathan Fielder of his day. Oh, that's what you're getting at. He's always talking about his enormous eyes. Look at those big green eyes. What does that signify? And he loves the occult. He loves witchcraft, Jack Jack. He does. He does. He carries around a copy of Cotton Mather's uh, History of New England Witchcraft, right? And so do you. (laughs) I don't have to carry it around. I have it in my heart. Okay, (laughs) let me set the scene real quick. There are like, what, four characters we need to know about, five, I suppose, and a setting. You ready? Mm -hmm. Uh, What's she going to do first? 
Tell us about those criminals. Let's do the setting first because it's less interesting. It is in set in 1790, mm. and it takes place in a town called Terrytown in New York. Not in Sleepy Hollow. Not we, we had you in the first half, right? Well, it's like Close to Sleepy near Hollow. an area. It's like near a town called Sleepy Hollow. And apparently the people of Sleepy Hollow are weird, and there's all kind of spooky stuff around there. Yeah, he says that um, part of the reason why, because we had addressed this in our Washington Irving episode, I think, or maybe, yeah, I think it was that one, where we were saying, yeah, Dutch people really like to tell ghost stories, and you don't really hear a whole lot about, like, Italian ghosts and things like that. But he says, in as the narrator in the story, that the reason that there are so many Dutch ghost stories is because Dutch people, like, settle an area, and they nestle in, and they make their little community, and they just stay put. They don't, like, constantly move all around and go different places. They just stay there with their families for, like, eons, and that's what creates ghost stories. Because in other places, he says, you know, a person dies, and before that ghost even has time to, like, turn around in its grave, everybody who knew that person dies or moves on somewhere else, and there's no way for the haunting to happen. You have to have people staying and remembering and telling the The story. The Dutch are basically like elves. They live hundreds of years, and they stay in the same (laughs) spot. I mean, you saw Henry Hudson out there playing playing bowling with his homies. No. That's a bit of a spoiler. I think that episode comes out after this, but make sure you listen to our oh, no. Rip Van Winkle episode once it's released and you'll get They'll it. They'll have no idea what I'm talking about then if you don't already know. You'll get it eventually. So <laughs> the apparently there are two reasons it could be so spooky. One reason is that maybe a German cast a spell on the area Ooh. or that a Native American wizard did something. Thing. Wow. They're equally as powerful. <laughs> Wizards yeah. and just like regular German guys. Yeah. Okay. So we hear a little bit of ghosty stuff, which is like the guy, the ghost that's like in charge of all the other ghosts is the headless horseman. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. And that he is supposedly the ghost of a Hessian trooper whose head was shot off by a random cannonball during the american revolution and that he's always like riding around looking for his head and then we like leave him he doesn't come back he's gone for like 80 percent of the story what the opening talks about the ghosts then it's just like here's ichabod crane's life and then like the last 10 percent, we get some ghost stuff again no i was like i also don't know this is actually one of the few times that rachel told me something it was a novella that it was actually shorter than i expected it to be usually when she tells me something's a novella it's like 500 pages mm. <laughs> and then um but in this case it actually was quite short but the whole time I was like, it was like 90 pages, right? Or even less. It was pretty short. I don't know. But I was it was over much faster than I thought it would be. But I was like, okay, we got Ichabod. Like, we're describing him for many paragraphs. We're describing, like, the woods. We're describing the family he goes to visit. We're describing the food for, like, many paragraphs. And oh, I love yeah. me some good food writing. Now, he's kind of on par with Dickens in this regard. <laughs> I was also like, when is anything going to happen? <laughs> Give me them ghosts. That's what you were saying. I was saying, give me them ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Irving uses a lot. He almost every paragraph, wouldn't you say, Rachel, like even if he's not talking about anything like action wise, he uses the words ghosts or goblins or witchcraft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like every other sentence. Yeah. Everywhere. That's why I'm drinking out of my hobgoblin (laughs) mug. I was also the whole time I was reading it. I was like, Washington Irving is obsessed with upstate New York. Obsessed. He cannot let it go. (laughs) Hmm. So here's the deal. 
There are a few characters. We have our protagonist, Ichabod Crane. He's very gangly and he wears loose clothes. He looks like a scarecrow. He has a big nose and so skinny. Okay, so there's also his love interest who is named Katrina Van Tassel. And she's the daughter of a wealthy farmer named Baltus Van Tassel. And she also like... She wears very old-fashioned clothes, but she shows off her shapely ankles, and she's a coquette, so she likes to flirt. One of my favorite lines. Please read it. He who wins a thousand common hearts is therefore entitled to some renown, Mm -hmm. but he who keeps undisputed sway over the heart of a coquette is indeed a hero. Yeah. One coquette, Hmm. better than a thousand other ladies. Yeah, he talks about Irving, or not Irving, Diedrich Knickerbocker, who's also the narrator of this one. Oh, he's back. He is back. He says there are two kinds of women. There are women who it's really hard to win their hearts, and there's women where it's really easy to win their hearts. But even for the ones where it's easy to win their hearts, it's still really impressive because it's much harder to keep them interested in you. So I guess he's like, Mm. if you can get a woman at all, you're pretty cool in my book. (laughs) (laughs) And if you manage to keep any of them for any amount of time. And what's sad about this is, again, going back to the Irving, I almost said biopsy, biography episode. (laughs) He really never did keep a woman for any amount of time. Like his poor fiance died like very short. Shortly after meeting him, and then he never had another one. It was nothing to do with her interest in him. She died from disinterest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so boring, to quote you. Huh? So boring. No, but I mean, like, after that, he tried with other women, and it never worked out. Damn. He was an incel, but a nice one. Like, he didn't turn into a nasty, toxic person. Yeah, he was great. Because maybe he was also a little bit gay. <laughs> I don't know. He was a wondrous troll. Yeah. I bet he said one, at least one mean thing during his life. No. I'm kind of anti-Irving. There's no way. He's an unproblematic <laughs> king who we stand. I mean, he does say some weird things about other races in this story, but that's eh, uh, kind of par for the course. Oh, no. <laughs> just it's not that weird. It's just, like, not great. Yeah. yeah. He has a rival in love, Ichabod does, and it's a guy named Abraham Van Brunt, and his nickname is Brombones. Brombones. Bones. Brombones. <laughs> because he's big. But I don't – that doesn't – Explain it to me. <laughs> Does Brom mean big? We we don't know. I don't know. Brom Bones Van Brunt. I'm going to look that up. Brom Bones. Do you think that's a cool name? Uh, they just, well, they refer to him as Bones for the most, for most of it. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. They call him Brom Bones a lot. Well, anyway, he's big. He's muscular. He's hot. <laughs> and also in the story, uh, for some reason, well, I guess Brom is a abbreviation of Abraham. Oh. And then uh, the Bones part, it says, so he's. Broad shouldered, <laughs> he says he's broad shouldered and double jointed with short curly black hair and a bluff but not unpleasant countenance. But the fact that he says double jointed makes me think of like <laughs> a big guy with just like many weird joints. He's like <laughs> popping and locking all over the place. <laughs> yeah, like he is popping and locking. He's bending and snapping. He's he's got it all, honestly. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. But then it says his nickname is Brombones in all caps. And he has this like gang of other guys that he goes around with. He's like Gaston. Yeah. And every time they go by, people say, hey, there goes Brombones and his gang. 
Wow. He's living the life. It's a really a dude's rock situation. Now, the thing about Brom Bones, he's like a, a huge risk taker. He loves like wild horses that aren't really broken. And he loves just like playing pranks and being crazy. But he he's also kind of a gentleman. So he won't ever directly challenge you to a fight. Like he's not mean and nasty, but he'll get you another way. So he's unpredictable. He's wild. So keep that in mind. I don't know if that makes you a gentleman. If it's like, I'm not going to fight you to your face, but I will trick you. Um, I mean, it do- I guess gentleman was not quite the word. <laughs> I'm a gentleman in that way. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't utilize his largeness to, you know, dominate others. Yeah, he's not he's not directly aggressive. I guess you could say he's maybe passive aggressive <laughs> with his double joint. So I guess that's basically those are the only characters we need to know oh Ichabod Crane he's the school teacher like I said he's from Connecticut so he's not a local and he also like teaches music so they talk about like Ichabod his favorite thing is like he'll he's he's basically like he only spanks his students when he really needs to or something so he's great and also so he, it says you know he, he definitely follows the rule of spare the rod spoil the child you could definitely not say that his kids are spoiled because he don't spare that rod my, my my dudes but it also says he meets out the beatings like from the weak to the strong so like if a weak little kid does something bad he's like don't do that again. But if a strong kid does something like mildly wrong, he's like, you're getting your ass whooped. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then he tries to like keep them all in check that way. It's kind of like Mario Kart, you know, where if you're in last place, you get the best power up. And if you're at the beginning, you get like a coin. Blue turtle shell. Yeah. He's kind of like the Robin Hood of whipping children. (laughs) Is that our title? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The thing is like, when you think about the legend of Sleepy Hollow, and you haven't read it, you're kind of like, the whole thing is like spook from top to bottom. But it's really just like Ichabod Crane's weird evening. <laughs> uh, That's yeah. what the story should be called. I just want to say really quick that Ichabod Crane is one of the great names yeah. of all time. Yeah, what does Ichabod mean? Let's find out. Ichabod. It says it's a, a boy's name of Hebrew origin, meaning without glory or where is the glory? <laughs> Oh, no. Why would you ever name anyone that? (laughs) Why is that a name? It says it was mentioned in the first book of Samuel (laughs) as the son of Phinehas, a malicious priest at the biblical shrine of Shiloh, who was born on the day that the Israelites' Ark of God was taken into Philistine captivity. His mother went into labor due to the shock of hearing that her husband and her father-in-law had died and that the Ark had been captured. So he was born on a bad day. I mean, I guess I understand the value of giving him an underdog story. Yeah. <laughs> Give him that name and then he proves himself. Yeah. Well, and then you've got his rival, Abraham, oh. you know, which is like probably the most illustrious of the Hebrew what names. What does Abraham mean? I forget. I heard he has great bones. And what does Katrina mean? Now I want to know what they all mean. Abraham is father of many. Right. As opposed to where's the glory? <laughs> Katrina means pure. Okay, there we go. The other thing about Ichabod that you'll know is that if his students have a hot sister or a nice mom, he is like, oh, I'll walk you home after school. And then they give him food. So his whole life is about like scrounging up free meals. Yeah. He's he's an okay guy, though. He really likes food. He loves food. He is a good teacher. He's really popular with women because he knows all the gossip. 
Yeah, and because they understand him to be, like, the learned guy, you know, the schoolmaster, they don't find him to be a threat. Also because he's, like, just, like, tall and gangly and awkward. He's in the friend zone. They let him into their circles, and he's, like, able to go around. And then other guys are looking at him like, ugh, why is this guy getting to hang out with all the women? He's not even hot. So they're kind of jealous of him. The narrator says that he has even read a few books cover to cover. (laughs) And that's why everyone's like, whoa. Even a few. Yeah. (laughs) But he's very superstitious and he's very easily frightened. Oh, yeah. He reads these books about witchcraft and it's not because he's like, ooh, I love witches. It's because he's like, I need to keep them things away from me. Because he really believes in it. (laughs) Yeah. You're not icking on this bot is what he's thinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the story kind of kicks off because- (laughs) Believe it or not, I've been trying to come up with a joke about that this entire time, and that's the best I could do. (laughs) Sorry. I got that sense. You're not icking (laughs) on this bod. Well, I think think you would say that if- Someone wants to ick on your bod. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't want them to. So um, the story kicks off because one of his students has a really hot older sister who we told you about, Katrina, and- Oh, wait, not his student. How does he even know her? Is she a student of his? Oh, no. No, she's 18. She's the daughter of um, this old farmer. I think Baltus. So she's a music student. Among the musical disciples who assembled um, to receive his instructions in psalmody was Katrina Van Tassel. Right. So she's a student, but not like a school student. Yeah. Does he kind of remind you of yourself, Theo? He does. I also followed my Poor, students home. Poor, gangly, <laughs> teaching music. Oh, no. You also what? Followed my students home. When you say he follows his students home, he says, like, can I go home no. with you to eat? No, I said he walks them home. I didn't say he, I don't think I said oh, he follows I just, them home. <laughs> Maybe I did. I was picturing he, like, hides behind trees. <laughs> and he pops and, out uh, and he's like, make your mom give me dinner. <laughs> he wouldn't really have to hide behind a tree. He could just stand behind any little tree twig and he'd be covered like he's very skinny Ah, yeah no in in that time the school teacher would be like variously housed with different families he doesn't have his own place to live he just like spends a week with one family and then moves on to the next really yeah that was normal they split it why doesn't he just live at the schoolhouse (sighs) he doesn't get paid enough money to feed himself because he's so ravenous Yeah. (laughs) He's so ravenous. They're like, no money for you, man. (laughs) I mean, he's basically just like providing a service in exchange for room and board. He's not really getting paid by anyone. Okay. So so he he's like really interested in Katrina because she's very beautiful. But also her dad is very rich and she's his only child. And he's he's just a very wealthy farmer. And he seems like a really cheerful guy. He's always throwing parties and he loves his daughter so much that Ichabod's like, he will let her marry whoever she wants. So I really want to date her. And guess what happens when you're a rich farmer? You get a lot of food. Oh, yeah. Because he's growing all sorts of good things. Like, literally, the food descriptions in this take up so much time, and I'm like, give me them ghosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give me them ghosts. Ichabod, he's interested in Katrina, and he uses his status as the music teacher to, like, get invites to dinner with her family all the time. And Brom is noticing this, but he's like, well, I can't challenge him to a fight because that's really not fair. And Katrina, I guess, is kind of <laughs> flirting with both of them. And Brahm is, like, playing little pranks. And they're like, what's going to happen here? How is this going to be settled? So what happens is the Van Tassels are hosting, uh, like, a, a harvest party in the autumn. And Ichabod goes, obviously, because there's a lot of free food. 
and a a beautiful daughter who is described as plump as a partridge, which kind of makes it sound like uh, she's also being described like food, basically. Yeah. (laughs) He's really hungry. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It says plump as a partridge, ripe and melting and rosy cheek as one of her father's peaches. He really does want to eat her. He does. That's why he likes her so much. It's the classic skinny guy, plump woman relationship. Uh-huh. Mm. Classic. One, one we all know well. Like Jack Spratt style. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like Jack, like Jackie. No. <laughs> Do you want to hear something? Oh, man, you're going to be so mad. <laughs> Never mind. Tell us. Joshua said, oh, no. I said, I almost weigh as much as you. And he said, you better start putting some distance between us. And I said, how about you start doing that? Yeah, get some muscles. You gain some weight. Isn't he like, how tall is he? He's six feet. He's skinnier than Steven. That's insane. Is he really skinnier than Steven? He's not skinnier than Steven. No, he's not. How much does he weigh probably and like, i'll tell you if he is or not probably like 145 oh yeah, yeah he's skinnier than steven. he's skinnier than steven <laughs> mm, that's crazy wait but steven's six but how tall is steven he's like, like six, he's one. six one. Oh, okay yeah well also steven's happy for me to weigh more than him <laughs> you just lose a lot of weight living in singapore and sweating all the time i asked him did you have dinner last night and he said yeah i had dinner i said what what was your dinner and he said grapes what? And I said, excuse me, is that the name of a restaurant? And he was like, no, scrapes. <laughs> what is this problem? Is it bad for global warming to eat anything other than grapes? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Singapore is natively full of grapes. Whoa. <laughs> I don't remember. Is he on Facebook? Because uh, Theo's going to send him a message and be like, you're an enemy <laughs> of women. <laughs> no. I just, I'm confused. I don't remember him seeming like super skinny. Well, he wears suits a lot. That's why he wears business cash at the lowest I don't think he is, like, super, super skinny. I don't know. How did he get so skinny if he's not super, super skinny, though? He's still got, like, 10 pounds on me. Let's make that clear. But <laughs> if he wants to put some some distance between us, he can do that on his own. He can go to the gym. Yeah. He well, could eat honestly, more than just, just grapes. He just eat more, yeah. yeah. Eat some bananas, too, or something. Yeah, I don't think he's on Facebook. <laughs> what? Why? What are you going to do? I just wanted to see how skinny he is because I'm baffled. <laughs> I mean, I, there's definitely no up-to-date pictures of him. You have to go on my Instagram for that. Right. Anyway. All he does is eat grapes. Okay. So... Basically, he's having a good time. But my question is, do you think he's a good dancer or not? Because in the description of the book, it says that Ichabod does think he's a good dancer. But he's like, the description, it's like kind of him jangling all over the dance floor. And also, (laughs) apparently, every black person in town gathered together to watch him dance. And they were like, oh, (laughs) look at this. Yeah. That could be good or bad. (laughs) Yeah, I was listening to an audiobook version, and it would sometimes have other actors do, like, little background sounds. And for one of them, when he was dancing, there was someone in the background who said, look at that white boy go. Oh, it sounds like he's pretty good then. (laughs) That laugh that I just did was insane. I don't know how I did that. I didn't mean to. <laughs> sounded like a bird or something. Mm-hmm. Well, it says he prided himself on dancing. Right. Not a limb, not a fiber about him was idle. And to have seen his loosely hung frame in full motion and clattering about the room, you would have thought that St. Vetus himself was figuring before you in person. Yeah. Clattering about the room makes it sound like he's a skeleton that can't control his limbs. Which saint? St. Vetus. Vitus. Who that? I don't know. He's the patron saint of dance. He is the patron saint 
of the dance, but I think he had like he was like struck by lightning or he had seizures or something. <laughs> Let me see if I can find Wait, it. Wait, there was a saint who danced? He's also the patron saint of epileptics, so I don't know. Oh yeah, I think Dostoevsky mentions him a lot. That makes sense. The patron saint of epileptics. Yeah. Watching this guy dance is just like watching that guy come to life before you. Right. So he dances with Katrina and he's like, he, 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 she loves me. Nice. And Brahm is in the corner just sitting there like, oh, yeah, he's grumpy. He's double jointed. He should be able to get out there and like be like a freaking Optimus Prime. (laughs) Like he's just going to turn into a transformer. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he dances into the form of a race car. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Yeah, here's Pope Racecar. I would pick him. The other important thing about this night is that while Ichabod is busy clattering all around the room with Katrina, um, and at this point I'm imagining like a bowling pin and a bowling ball just like hanging out together. Whoa. The other men, so Brahm and all the old guys like Katrina's dad and all the other farmers are sitting around telling ghost stories. People from Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. And importantly, Ichabod does, after the dancing and before the dancing, he is like going around listening to these spooky tales yeah he listens to them and of course the story of the headless horseman who comes out and looks for his head every once in a while is told and brahm is telling a story about how he had an encounter with the headless horseman in which he was riding past the graveyard one night and he was chased by it and he said ah i will race this headless horseman because my horse is so fast and i'm such a badass so they raced and raced and he said i would have won except right at the very end Uh, As we approach this one place near the church, the headless horseman and his horse just vanished into a ball of fire and were gone. So I didn't get the chance to beat him. He cheated. What was Brahm's horse's name again? Uh, It was named... Gunpowder is his is Ichabod's horse. Um, yeah, I'll look it up. Is this is Return of Griselda. Return of Griselda. Let's see if it's Griselda. It's wild <laughs> again. Daredevil. Daredevil. What was the website called? Horse Blood? It was Blood Horse. Blood Horse. And Rachel said, it should have just been called Horse. <laughs> Whoa. $25,000 fee for Daredevil. Uh, well, the horse that almost beat the Headless Horseman's horse, who doesn't have a name for some reason. <laughs> well, it might. Uh-oh. Foreshadowing. Not one that we know. I mean, actually, it might have a name that we know. It might, actually. So this happens. And we don't exactly know what happens next because then the narrator says something happened between Katrina and Ichabod that wasn't good. The Wait, the party was over. Everyone had left, but Ichabod hung out after the party because he wanted to talk mm-hmm. to Katrina and probably propose to her. <gasps> we had one great night together. That is enough time. <laughs> so he is like talking to Katrina. And yeah, we don't, we're not privy to the actual conversation, but it says like he was basically depressed and left. <laughs> yeah, something, something happened. And he, and he's like, instead oh. of, you know, being happy like he was when he got there, he leaves in a, in a sad mood. Oh. So he rides off. And he thinks like, was she just flirting, like just playing with my heart? Oh. Like a coquette? Playing with my heart? Like a freaking coquette? <laughs> Maybe the, her most attractive being difficult to pin down maybe is not something I should be seeking in a woman. <laughs> Can I ask, I mean, would you want to marry a teacher at this time? Well, she was very, very wealthy. Okay. So she could marry anyone and it wouldn't really matter. Okay. Yeah. Right, it doesn't mind. seem like there's anybody around that's like wealthier than her. So, yeah. A poor boy can't marry a rich girl, though. <laughs> yeah. That's what we know. 
We've seen this before. We learned from Fitzgerald. Brahm's not rich, though. He's better off than Ichabod. Ichabod doesn't even have a house to call his own. Well, pretty much everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. So he uh, he has a plow horse named Gunpowder, and Gunpowder is like very temperamental and doesn't like to listen to you. But and also the way that Ichabod rides, they say like his stirrups are so high up that his knees are next to his head, <laughs> and he like doesn't ever use the whip and all this other stuff. So they're like, it was the perfect horse for him. It's not really his horse. It's like some other guy's horse that he's staying with, and he borrows the saddle and he borrows the horse. And this image of him riding with his like knees up by his ears reminds me exactly of what happened to me when I tried to join the cycling team and my seat broke and oh gosh. went all the way down and then I was riding this bicycle on the lowest possible setting and it was far too low to the ground and I was riding just like that with like my knees just like and I didn't have an Allen wrench so I couldn't fix it and I just had to finish the whole ride like that. <laughs> Humiliating. Were people looking at you? No, because my group left me behind, and I was glad. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they were, they, were, they were gone. So they didn't get to see me do that, and they didn't get to see me fall off the bike, which <laughs> did happen. Yeah, it was a bad day, but I know how Ichabod feels. Mm-hmm. So he is staying currently with someone in Sleepy Hollow, and he's, like, going past all these different haunted spots. And Diedrich Knickerbocker is, like, telling us short little snippets. Finally, it's spooky again. And he's telling us short little snippets, like, oh, here, somebody got hung, or, sorry, hanged. And here, something else happened, and blah, blah, blah. And... Ichabod is like looking around and getting freaked out. All of a sudden, he's at an intersection in this spooky little swamp and he sees someone on a horse. And it's someone who's really big and not saying anything. And he's like, hello, hello, (laughs) tell me who you are. And the person doesn't say anything. Well, I just want to say this part is funny before anything else happens. So he's like, okay. So he just like rides on kind of fast and he notices the the other horseman is behind him also riding pretty fast. So he's like, I'm going to slow down and let him pass me. So he like slows down to a trot, but then the other guy behind him also does. And I was like, that is literally what every woman does when she thinks she's being followed. It's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just like start walking and see if he passes me. But no, he slows down behind you. You're in trouble, girl. Run. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. And then you run? I No, I don't actually physically run. I usually try and pop in somewhere else or like cross the street or Ah, get with some people. I've been followed and I... Usually what happens is I just like make it to my car before anything can happen and then I drive away. Or one time it happened in New York and this guy followed my sister and I Mm. and we passed by like literally he was following us. Like we were evading him. We were like crossing streets, going all kinds of different ways. He was just following us and he was saying stuff to us. And we passed by like a cop like out on the street with his car and everything. And we were like, okay, this guy will leave us alone once we walk by this cop. He didn't. He continued. (laughs) And I was like, do I say something to to this cop and say like, hey, this guy's following us or – But I was like, I really don't want to be the cause of like some police brutality. And I guess it's me or him and I just pick me. So I so I just keep walking and we lost him. We got to the subway and got on a train. Oh, nice. Whoa. Yeah. Have you ever been followed, Rachel? Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mm. I have actually. Yes, that's a very common thing. Yeah. It's happened a few times. But did you recognize this in the story where he's like, okay, I'll slow down and let him pass. And then he doesn't pass. And then you're like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Kind of funny. Well, so this is when it it's actually spooky and the spooky descriptions start. 
the narrator says like Ichabod, he sees the guy and he's like, oh my gosh, this guy doesn't have a head. And then it's like even worse than that. He's carrying Ichabod his head. saw, yeah, that the head was like attached to his saddle. I'm like, that's worse? Why is that worse? <laughs> um, also, I was like, well, if he's found his head, then why is he chasing you? Like, you got what you want. Go back to your grave. Yeah. He. Oh, here's a question. Would you guys date someone who didn't have a head? No. If they had it strapped to their saddle, I might consider it. You wouldn't date, like, a magical creature with no head? No. Well, if they have their, it strapped to their saddle, then they have a head. It's just not where you'd expect it well, to be. Well, what if it's not attached? I would miss kissing. You can still kiss. What if you're in love? No. If the head is available elsewhere and just not on top of their neck, I could work with that. You could work with it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if I was in love with them before they lost their head, I'd consider it. And especially if they continued to be alive and walking around. There's an (laughs) Irish creature called a doulahan that doesn't have a head. And I don't think it ever did. Oh, well, that's fine. It's just a headless headless guy or whatever and so you want to date him or something i do <laughs> no i don't want to i'm just saying if there was like some kind of fairy creature is that why steven cut his hair he's like oh i'm getting yes, closer and closer to not having a head possible. at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but i did play um do you guys know what an otome game is no no okay so they're video games where you're like a girl and you get to choose who you want to date and there's a bunch of guys that you can date and um they're from japan obviously and they I played one where like it's like five um, different magical guys. This is like a really famous one because it's very funny. And one of them is like a suit of armor without a head. And he's like one of the best options, apparently. And then there's also another guy you can date and he's a fire demon. <laughs> and his name is Ignis Carbunculus. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather date a guy with no head than a guy named Ignis Carbunculus. <laughs> There's a, a pretty funny uh, card game. Not a card. I mean, it's a game with cards uh, called Red Flags. <laughs> Have you ever played that, Rachel? No. It's basically like this. It's like you get a list of like several amazing qualities and then you get like a huge red flag and then you have to like. But he's a podcast host. Something like that. It's basically the meme where it's like he's a 10, but and then you have to say like, okay, which one would you want? This one or that one? That's pretty funny. Okay. Oh, interesting. Like he's got no head, but his name isn't Ignis Or he has a head, but his name but his name is Ignis Carbunculus. Yeah. (laughs) 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 He meets one basic criteria that I need, but he (laughs) has a terrible name. I'm just looking for a man with a head. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather date a headless person or a bodiless person? Oh. What about a bodiless head? Head. <laughs> I think I'd rather date a bodiless person. They can communicate with you. I'd like to be able to communicate, and the communication tends to come out of the face. But a, a headless mm. person, could they could write you notes or type. Maybe they could even talk. That's true, and you could eventually learn sign language. Yeah, or you could learn sign language, ableist. Oh. The problem is you'd... Uh... Well, we could still cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> you could surely cuddle. I mean, you could cuddle with a head. You could use it as a little pillow. Yeah. <laughs> and then he would say things like, you need to put some distance between us in weight because I weigh a lot less than you. And I'm like, you're just a head, okay? <laughs> I only weigh 15 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to weigh less than you. <laughs> well, wait, no. Putting distance between you would be gaining weight. Oh, you're right. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, I think less in the distance then, whatever. I yeah. don't know. I think, well, I don't know. I feel like... You could still share a meal with a head with no body. That would be nice. But I don't want to. You just have to clean up afterwards underneath. <laughs> what if a headless body, they could just put stuff in the, you know, portal? Uh-huh. I, 
I feel like you'd have to make it into a sort of slurry or something and just drip it. In. Yeah, I mean, they had a Cabbage Patch Kid that tried that, but it ate a lot of little girls' fingers, so Ooh. we just don't do that anymore. I'm just saying headless body, I think, is better than bodiless head. Um, Maybe. Does it think anything? Yes. It's a person. I mean, because if you order French fries and he says he doesn't want any French fries, but then he can still eat your French fries, like, that's kind of sucky, so maybe it'd be better. <laughs> yeah. Then you never have to share food. <laughs> Check is serious pet peeve there. I'm so hungry, I need all your food. <laughs> Give me them grapes. <laughs> now we have to keep that in. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, okay. But I need to know. Yeah. Because, you know, imagine you don't have a head. Yeah. Or imagine your head has been cut off, but you're still alive. How do you do the head? What? How do you, how do, you do the head? How do you handle the head? Like, it's you still have to use it. Oh, you could probably put, like, a little handle on top, like... You know? Oh, you would just put a handle on it and hold it in your hand? Yeah, like a cute little purse. <laughs> That's nice. I was thinking I would mm, just find a way to tie a rope around it, and you can use it sort of as a grappling hook, like swing it up, have it bite onto a tree branch, and then climb up. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, they'd have to have really good timing, yeah, and really strong teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It goes. It wraps over the branch. No, it bites You could it. put it on a pole and then say, like, hey, is there anybody on the other side of this wall? Take a look. <gasps> and then you put it up there, and it's like, no, you're good. Oh, a periscope. Yeah. <laughs> a periscope head. That would be so good. Yeah. Or, like, hey, can you check what's around the back of this uh, sewer or something? And then you put it down. You can put it wherever you want. Yeah. Or, like, hey, is there a is there a spot on my back? Take a look. Is there a spot? Or it's like that you would just be really ordered insensitive, the fast- Jackie, to say to your bodiless boyfriend, Hey, take a look at my body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're lucky you have a body. Would I have to pretend not to have a body then? I would just have to like always wear a little cloak and just be like, nope, I am, we're the same. Well, like don't rub it in their face. <laughs> yeah, quit flaunting it. You need to paint your entire house black and then have a black sheet that you wrap around yourself so you look like a floating head. <laughs> or I could pretend not to have a head and only be a body hmm. and then we could complete each other. Romantic. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize before, are you allowed to be a floating head? Well, you'd have to make it float, right? How? Okay, number one, yes. Number two, no. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> in what? If in the scenario where it floats, what's your answer? In the scenario where it doesn't float, what's your answer? Oh, um, I would be much more inclined to date a floating head than a rolling head, <laughs> or just a sort of ground-based struggling head. Well, you just said you wanted to do with it what you will. So what? I think if it's floating, you don't get to really. Yeah, you want to be able to put it on a pole, you want to put it on a rope, you want to whatever you want to do. No, you ask their consent, Jackie. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. My whole thing is if you are the headless horseman, not you're dating someone and you decide what to do with their head. That feels so wrong. <laughs> That's what we've been talking about the whole time. No, no, we changed once I started talking about different. It was different. I just want to say, whoever is currently listening right now, you are our true blues because I guarantee you 98% of people were like, turn this podcast off. If you're here right now, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. You, you're special. No. And maybe you need help. Yeah. No, everybody wants to know the answer, Jackie. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, I just realized we have to say we would date the head because if we have any listeners that are either one of those demographics, heads with no bodies or bodies with no heads, it's going to be a head with a no head. body. Yeah. So I don't want to lose listeners. Yeah. Right. And honestly, that's a much more realistic scenario because like you have people who are like <laughs> paralyzed from the neck down. You don't really have anybody who's like- You're forgetting about magic. You don't have any people who are totally fine in their bodies and don't have a head. Like that's not- I'm talking <laughs> magic, girl. Y- y'all know about that chicken though, right? What? 
Yeah. That chicken that lived for months. I do. With no head? Without a head. But I don't think it was months. Was it really months? It was a long time. And then they eventually, it died because they forgot to put its mucus drops in down its neck. Okay, we're done with this. How are you going to tell me <laughs> I'm the nasty one and Nell can't recommend the podcast because of me and then Theo says something like that? I, I don't. I haven't said it since he said something I don't know like why that. Rachel said that. What? Yeah. It was you. Okay, so it's decided. We would date floating heads first, then rolling heads, then bodies. I'm polyamorous. I could date all those things at once. <laughs> no, I would rather date a magical creature with no head first. Then I would date a floating head. She does want to date that Irish thing. I don't want to. She has to. No, she she does. She won't let it let go. Let see what his name is. Jackie, that's a really good point. I would love to be in a thruple with <laughs> a head with no body and then a body with no head. You'd love to be in a thruple. And everybody's like, can't they just say they're the same being and i'm like no 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 they are distinct individuals that's really rude all right i think we need to finish the story because we just got to the best point the spooky part okay yeah one last thing is i would consider it though if i were just a head with no body i would consider looking for a body with no head and your soul saying like can we just team up and be the average person and date a third person (laughs) (laughs) just be one being Everyone, are you scared yet? Ah! Yeah. Are you enjoying what you're listening to? Oh, Rachel um, just fell down a well. <laughs> How can you continue at a time like this, Theo? <laughs> She's gone. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, if you are scared and you'd like to be scared some more, why don't you go on patreon.com slash fire the cannon? It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. You want all sorts of ways to support us there. All different rewards tiers. We have $3. We have more than $3. We have even more than $3. (laughs) Uh, You get access to all of our bonus content, and that includes an episode based on the TV series Wishbone, in which we watch an episode of Wishbone. Oh, that was our very first one. Yeah, and we say things about Wishbone. Mm -hmm. That was a really cute episode. I bet there's a Wishbone Headless Horseman, don't you think? I'll Google it. Oh, there might be. Oh, and then we'll get to find out what happened to Ichabod. <laughs> so, yeah, we really do appreciate the support. It helps us a lot with our podcast. Oh, there is. There is. Oh, we got to do that, you guys. You got to do that. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess All we right. do. Have it's to an do hour. That. It's an hour? <laughs> yeah. We have a very special patron we'd like to thank right now who actually did what we said to do, and they went to Patreon, and they signed up, and we've been very, very grateful because we've had a few people do that lately, and literally, it just makes our entire day. I want to give a very, very, very big shout out, and thank you to Brett. Yay, Yay, Brett. Thank you, Brett. You guys said that in a very military-like fashion. Yay, Brett. Thank you, Brett, sir. (laughs) Sir, Brett, sir. (laughs) We look forward to finding out what book Brett forces us to do episodes on. Yeah. Brett is a new King patron, which means that he has the privilege of telling us what book to read. So we're Mm -hmm. excited to find out what that's going to be. We have to do whatever he says because that's the power we gave him and uh, we accept it. So, Brett, thank you for the challenge and uh, we look forward to hearing from you about your choice. Mm-hmm. Feel free to write your own book and we'll read it. Or they will. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> That's a lot of more work on his part, I think, than just telling us a book to read that he already knows. But he might be a great author. That's true. Yeah, you know what? This might this if you've been looking for a sign, Brett, this is your sign. Okay. We love you. Let's back go back to, to the episode. episode. Back to the episode. 
So anyway, so he's like, oh my gosh, this guy's carrying his head around. That's even worse than I thought. And he remembers the deal with Brombones and he's like, uh, I need to ride around. So he's like riding with gunpowder, the horse. And they're like riding, riding, riding. He's thinking, if I could just get to that church, I know that he's going to disappear in a flash of fire because that's what Brom said. So let me just race, 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 get over there. Yeah. So he's like desperate. He's trying to go and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to cross the bridge and get to the church grounds before this ghoul does and he turns back and then the headless horseman he's like popping a wheelie on the horse and he's got his head (laughs) (laughs) and he's like winding up with the head and he lets fly and that throws the head at him and then Ichabod tries to dodge but he gets hit in the head with the head and he falls to the ground. It's like me in the dodgeball game it's not fair like you try and get away from it it hits you straight in the face and then that guy's out Mm -hmm. and he gets mad at you. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's how it goes. I really identify with Ichabod so many ways. Oh gosh. Wow. So anyway the next morning they find Gunpowder the horse and he's like eating grass at the by the gate of you know his owner's house. His master. But Ichabod is totally gone. And they talk about like, okay, so Ichabod's gone. Everybody looks for him. They can't find him. He left all his possessions in the house and some books at the school. Well, some stuff was in his room. And they're like, he didn't leave any money, but maybe he had it on him at the time. And the old ladies are like, oh, the Headless Horseman got him. But they said Katrina and Brombones got married. Before any of that happens, like, yeah, they go looking for him. They can't find him. They find his hat laying by the side of the rushing brook with this deep black water. They don't see his- A headless hat. It was. But they also find a shattered pumpkin. And the hat has hoof prints in it deep hoof prints yeah they see the hoof prints that have like raced and they can tell like this horse was going really really fast he was trying to get away from something and so they see the hat and then next to the hat on the ground is a shattered pumpkin but they never find ichabod oh my gosh they never find the bod and the horse's bridle and saddle uh, saddle are missing or something yeah they had fallen off so they're like oh my gosh what's going on but so anyway the town they look for him they look in the brook they don't find him they ask around nobody finds him the old ladies are like the headless horseman got him and then whenever he's mentioned around Brombones, Brombones gets like a knowing look on his face. Mm. And whenever someone mentions the pumpkin, he finds that really funny and he laughs a lot. He laughs a lot. So people are like, what happened to him? But nobody knows except that someone, there's a guy who like had gone to New York and came back and was like, oh no, like Ichabod, he's in New York now. And he ended up like he's teaching in New York or he taught in New York and he also got a law degree at the same time and he became a lawyer. And then he like did he go to he was he became a congressman too, I think. Yeah, it said he was admitted to the bar, he turned a politician, he electioneered, he wrote for newspapers, he was made a justice of the ten pound court, and it's basically like, Yeah, he's fine. He did all these great things. He's living his best life. Yeah. So <laughs> Le- left all his stuff behind in a in a shattered pumpkin and I'm sure he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. So basically those are that's the deal. That's what people people don't know what happened yeah. to him. But and Brahm marries Katrina. The story is way less spooky than I thought it was, honestly. That's it? Do you know so you know what happened? You know the name of the headless horseman's horse? Um It's Daredevil. It was Brahm. It was Brahm yeah, with a pumpkin and he threw it at Ichabod and yeah. knocked him out and probably threw his body in the water. No. 
I don't think he threw his body in the water. I think he just fell off and then he woke up and was really embarrassed and went to New York. <laughs> oh, you think you think that's what happened? I'm pretty sure he's dead. He's not dead. He's in New York. No, that's that's way too much stuff. That's way too many things. Jackie, the story no. The story literally talks about how they're like <laughs> Brombones, you know, maybe you think he's a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. He would never hurt anyone. He just likes to play tricks. There's no way he would knock a man out and then throw his body in the water and drown him. It does say he hit him in the head with that thing. So he did knock him in the head with the pumpkin and it shattered. He knocked him out, but he didn't drown him after. Maybe he didn't have to. Maybe he just fell in the water. No, he did not, Jackie. You literally don't know. The narrator specifically calls out, like, this is not a bad guy at all. He doesn't have a bad bone in his body. He's just a big guy who likes to play Mm. jokes. There's no way the narrator would say that and then be like, by the way, he killed the protagonist and then laughed about it for years. I don't know. I feel like a lot of times when the narrator says stuff, you're like, "Uh, we don't really know if that's what actually happened. That's just what the narrator thinks. But then this time you're like, well, the narrator said he was a good guy. So, oh, my gosh, we have to talk to our (laughs) guests. But I think I think you've gone mad. You might as well be headless right now. You literally don't know. It's I do. I do know. Either he left because he was embarrassed about being dismissed by the heiress or... um, And scared of the headless horseman. uh Uh-huh. Or something got him. I don't know. I don't think it's crazy that you just don't know. You just don't know. I think also the fact that the narrator's like, also a guy showed up and was like, yeah, Ichabod's in New York. He's fine. Why do you think they gave this long list of all these things he accomplished? Like that to me sounds like... So that will feel happier. Adding more and more and more. No, I think that's them saying, oh, yeah, all of these things happened. It's not as simple as just saying, like, yeah, he moved over there and he has a wife now. It's like, oh, yeah, he did this and this and this and this and this and this. And he raises up and up and up and he becomes a lawyer and he writes for a newspaper and now he's a justice. And, like, it gets more and more fanciful. That's a good point. Like, yeah, all those things could happen, but I I don't think think that. Unless the pumpkin hit his brain in just the right spot and he became a genius. Wow. Hit his brain. (laughs) He has a skull. (laughs) That was not established. Yeah, that's true. The narrator did not establish that. I'm just saying, at any point when he was chasing this guy, even if he didn't intend to kill him, Ichabod could have easily just fallen off the horse and hit his head on a rock and died. Like, he could have easily died by accident. Or pumpkin. But then that means Brom, who we've established is a great guy or gentleman or whatever you called him, disposed of a corpse and then laughed about it for years instead of feeling uncomfortable. He laughed about it. He gave a knowing look. I don't know that I would characterize him as a great guy. I think it's just that like, yeah, he won't directly fight you. But if he happens to like... He's a fine guy. Well... He's an okay guy. All right. We're looking it up. Maybe. We're looking it up. We're going to talk to the guests because I think you just want it to be spookier. And it's not. I think it's not spooky at all. I'm just saying I don't think you have any way of knowing for sure. So I do. I have the text. Wait, is this really? Is this the end of the story? Yeah, yeah, it's the end end of the story. This says, "Who's Van Ripper?" That's the guy who he borrowed the horse from. This says Crane rode Van Ripper's favorite horse to his death. Then Van Ripper destroyed any evidence at the scene of the crime. No, that's that's not true. (laughs) Hans Van Ripper killed Ichabod Crane because he was a bad influence on his children and the children of Sleepy Hollow. Where are you reading that? Are you making that up? No. uh, It's the first thing that comes up on Google, so it's probably right. No, that's a blog post by like a murder mystery writer. (laughs) Theo. Wikipedia says. (laughs) Great. Yeah, Wikipedia says the story implies that the horseman was really Brom using a jack-o'-lantern and suggests that Crane 
survived the fall and immediately fled Sleepy Hollow in horror or was killed by Brom. Yeah. Or by the ghost, which is not real. Right. So you can't say it's 100% one thing. But I'm just telling you what I think. I think it's 80% that he woke up and he was like, that was embarrassing, and then goes to New York. That's what I think. Yeah. I'll take those odds. Okay, that's possible. Okay, good, Theo. <laughs> Didn't even bother to pick up his hat. Wait. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. If I was chased by a ghost, a headless ghost, I would not be like, oh, let me get my hat. I would run away. <laughs> well, you just said that was embarrassing. That's not the same as being horrified. It is embarrassing. You think, oh, I got chased by a ghost. I'm so embarrassed. Jackie, I said it's a combination <laughs> of his embarrassment at the girl that he proposed to being like, I was messing with you, man, and being scared of a ghost. So he's like, I don't want to show my face in this town again. And also, <laughs> I need to leave because I'm scared that th of this ghost that threw its head at me. Yeah. There's two things. As the person who strongly identified with him, I think I could just inhabit his head a little dead. more, you know? And he's, yeah. and it's a dead. <sighs> I think he died. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. So the narrator also says, I heard, there's like a postscript. The narrator's like, I heard this from an old dude and I don't believe half of it. Whoa. So there you go. Half is fake, I guess. Yeah. Which half is real? I don't believe that he was a school teacher. I don't believe that he was tall. <laughs> I do believe that he was killed by a ghost. <laughs> and was so skinny. So skinny. Ah, and he didn't have a skull, so, which wasn't said explicitly. Uh, let's talk. Let's finally start talking. Okay. <laughs> Keeping it in or popping it out of that cannon? I think we got to keep it in because it's- Oh, by the way, this was published by Jeffrey Crayon. Yeah, I think we got to keep it in because it's, uh, it's a key, like that's the Headless Horseman. Like that's a key part of culture. And if you don't know the story, you don't know where that comes from. If we make this story so that it never existed, then that's a pretty cool little fun thing that goes away, in my opinion. But the thing is, the three of us were already very familiar with the Headless Horseman, despite not all of us being familiar with the story. I mean... Is it better with this story? Doesn't it kind of take the wind out of the sails of the Headless Horseman, since he's fake, probably? Well, we've all seen adaptations of it, and I feel like the adaptations... I feel like you don't get the adaptations if you just take the story away, you know? We wouldn't know anything about the Headless Horseman if it wasn't for this story. I bet there'd be another Headless Horseman. It's it's iconic. It's Jungian. It's archetypal. <laughs> I just think it's important that we educate kids about this danger. Like, it's a real thing. It's literally true. <laughs> a hot guy yeah. might pretend to have no head at you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, okay, so let's say Ichabod did, you know, survive that. And he thinks that a ghost threw his head at him and it exploded. And he thought that. <laughs> like, what did he, why would the ghost throw his head at you? Ghost reasons. No, I thought I would have thought this guy's not the real ghost. He has his head. He doesn't need mine. Well, why would he throw Ichabod his head at is me? excitable. He's spookable. Unlike you, Jackie, Miss Rational never gets scared of a cockroach in the shower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, how does the, how does the narrator know the part about he went up to the intersection and then he felt like he was being followed. So he slowed down and everything. He either knows from the town or from the, the old guy he talked to or whatever. Mm. They do say, like, they look at the hoof prints and they say, like, here's the patterns. Like, it's sped up around here and it slowed down mm. around there. I don't know. Oh, hmm. okay. Also, it's just imaginary. It's imaginary. It's, I imagine this is what happened. So, so Brom Bone. Um, bones. Brom Bones. Brom Bones. Abraham. Abraham. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it should have been like ham bones. <laughs> but so he was riding a horse like with his head in his shirt or something and then had a was Yeah, holding... like had the jacket pulled up and was peeking. 
That's crazy. Imagine he must have known like Ichabod is a total fool to fall for that yeah, because anybody else would have been like, why is he riding with his shirt all weird and carrying a pumpkin? Like, leave me alone, bro. Jackie, it's nighttime and there's no lights. There's just the moonlight. You think they're going to be like, well, if this guy's got his shirt all weird. <laughs> well, but you're betting that the there's enough light for you, for him to be able to see that you have no head, but not enough light for them to be able to see that, like, you do, in fact, have a head. It's just a little well, lower. Well, he knows that Ichabod heard him telling the story of his encounter with the horseman earlier that night, and they're in the exact spot from his story. And he's like, this guy's a weirdo. He's obsessed with magic and the supernatural, and he thinks all these ghost stories are real. Yeah. It went exactly as planned. Yeah. It did. He had to have like been up on a hill with the moon behind him so that he's like in relief in front of it. It's... Well, we knew he was waiting. Like he left before Ichabod and so he was lying in wait. Oh no, I'm just saying, yeah, this is kind of, you know. Yeah. I don't think a pumpkin looks like a head. I'm just going to say it. Okay. Yeah. Or feels like it when it hits you. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I mean, potentially it was really a ghost, but his head turned into a pumpkin at the light of dawn. Wow. Oh, I'm not saying it was a ghost. I'm saying Ichabod is silly for thinking yeah. this ghost just hit me in the face with its own head. Jackie, come on. You just told a tale about how freaked out you were by a cockroach, and now you're like, how dare this guy be scared of a ghost? It's not logical. It's <laughs> not logical that a ghost would throw its head at you after it just looked for it for hundreds of years. It's not logical that a cockroach would fall on you. <laughs> yeah, this is a fascinating mystery. Yeah. We've got to talk to our guest about it. I think kick this out of the cannon. <laughs> I want it to be some trolling. It is trolling. And I think like he died. Lighthearted <laughs> trolling. <laughs> I think it's murderous trolling. I think it's lighthearted trolling. I think it's 80% that Ichabod went to New York and had a great life. No. And I'm going to no do wife. some research before we have our guest to figure it out. Oh, my God. All right. So are we keeping it in or are we firing it or are we waiting? Firing I'm going to keep it in. I liked it. I'll keep it in too. Haha, ha, Theo. All right. No, it's it's a joke on all of us because now we disagree, so we can't have a sound effect. Womp. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's two to one. No, I think that's true. No, it's two to one. Yeah, but Theo already agreed two to one is not enough for him. Yeah, well, we can't it, control no, that. It, it's, it, it's enough. Jackie, Jackie, <laughs> we need a sound effect. It's really holding us back. <laughs> this podcast is not flourishing as much as it should because we don't have enough sound effects. Yeah, we've gotten that feedback a lot. I can't find a sound effect for when we don't fire a cannon. What's that? Is this going to be like birds tweeting and something? Fizzle. The sound of something fizzling out. Yeah. The sound of a dove cooing because peace has prevailed. <laughs> that I like. Okay. Okay. I might do that. Oh, I think I really actually like that. Cool. He really did actually like it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to sound okay. great. I just want to state for the record, I am not saying he died. I am simply saying that there is a possibility that he didn't survive. <laughs> That's it. Just a possibility. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. I, I want a percentage. 20%. I, I agree. I would say 20%, but it is possible. That he died? Yeah. 20% died? That's fine with me. Okay. Put in some more doves cooing here because of the peace between me and Jackie. It sounds beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like he set up the story being like, this guy's very easily freaked out. So that, yeah. that makes more sense, right? But it's not impossible that if you hit someone in the head with a pumpkin hard enough to shatter it, they will be dead. <laughs> I think it shattered upon impact with the ground, not upon impact with Ichabod's head. It hit his head first. I know. It hit his head first. But That's he physics. was moving forward. He wasn't at a standstill. So whatever the velocity of the pumpkin, you know subtract what? how fast Ichabod was going. Unless the horseman was in front of him. <laughs> you know what? We, we need, no, we need Mythbusters. We need Mythbusters to recreate this exact scenario 
Okay. Yeah, we need to reboot. Okay, let's do it. If you have a body moving towards you and you're also moving towards it, you don't subtract no, the velocity. No, he was moving away it. from it. No, no. Maybe no. he turned around and he was like, oh, no, Brom, he did. and then he no, got hit. The, Jackie, the <laughs> horse was running away from the horseman. Ichabod turned his head, but he continued to move away because he was on the horse. The horseman threw the pumpkin. Ichabod is still moving away. The pumpkin does hit him, <laughs> but there's no way that the horseman could throw a pumpkin at such a velocity that would it would hit someone who's already on a very fast horse and, you know, squish their brains out. Also, there's no blood on the ground. Have you considered that Brahm is double jointed? He could probably whip up a lot of force. Whoa, he could get some, cr- yeah, crazy torque on that sucker. All right. His arm. Have you considered that there's no blood on the ground? Yeah, maybe because Ichabod just like dissolved into dust. There is no blood on the ground. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I mean, it does suggest like his hat was right next to the creek. So it suggests he could have just fallen off the horse into the creek. It's not impossible. 20%. Oh, my gosh. No, they looked around in the river. We need to talk to our guest. He went in the river and he flowed down to New York. And he became a lawyer and everything was fine. Both things can be true. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He he was a ghost lawyer. Ichabod Crane (laughs) ghost lawyer. Yeah. I would watch that show. (laughs) Brombone killed him and then became a lawyer. I love how Theo keeps calling him Brombone. (laughs) He's not a trombone. It's Brombones. He's not even killed by Brombones. He's like... I've had this experience with the supernatural. From now on, I'm either going to help ghosts or I'm going to prosecute ghosts. And he like has a (laughs) supernatural law practice. I would love to watch Ichabod Crane, Ghost Lawyer. Wow. Wow. Oh, man. CBS, NBC, ABC, get us on the horn. That is so much cooler than Pet Detective, I just have to say. Like, if you're going to mash up like a profession and a thing to be a profession of, that's the best, Ghost Lawyer. Mm. What about just lawyer for people who only have heads and no body? I think that's like an ambulance chaser. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Nice. Audience, we need you. We need you to tell us your opinions. Please agree with me. Okay. Please agree with so, me. Wait, wait. Oh, sorry. One last thing. <laughs> I'm engaged thing. here. I need it as a wedding present. <laughs> One last thing. I don't know if you remember, we talked about whether you would date someone with only a head or only a body before. Oh, my God. How much more can we possibly talk about dating this potential combo this is different okay go on theo um divide your body into three parts head torso and then the the private parts and legs Uh, right hips to the ground hips to the ground i think the private parts belong to the torso uh just just go with it and now we have to wonder oh i don't know if i want to do this yeah i definitely don't want to do what about fuck mary kill which <laughs> which body segment would you fuck, marry, and kill? It's gotta be marry the head. Yeah, you gotta marry the head. Probably gonna be fuck the Have the intercourse bottom. with the genital part. <laughs> and then kill the other And part. kill the torso. I guess so. Except I believe that the torso has what it needs, so I think I would kill the legs. No, the genitals. No, I would kill the legs. I don't think the legs include the genitals. I think the genitals stay attached to the torso. Theo said that it does. Well, I don't believe him. What? Jackie, you can't have torso combined with genitals. It's not fair. That's OP. That's OP. <laughs> That's my OP. Yeah, legs gotta have something. Something fun. Yeah, it's the head, it's the torso, legs, genitals, and arms, and lower uh, and upper legs and knees, and then the third part is just the calves and feet. I Get rid of that part. You don't need that. <laughs> I'd marry that. Ew, this is really gross. Let's get rid of this episode. What? Let's kill that scenario you just suggested. <laughs> really? And I don't know what other scenario I want to do the other cool. two things with, but I know I want to kill this one. <laughs> well, 
Let us say our farewells. Goodbye. Goodbye to all. Pretty right. well. And to all a good night. Have fun moving to New York and becoming a lawyer. Yeah, or dying, Have whichever fun it may be. Getting hit in the face with a pumpkin and rolling into a stream. <laughs> or third possibility, this could be Theo's. You just got spirited away by a ghost. There are three possibilities. Nice. Wait, why is that mine? Why not? Because there's three people on this podcast and, you know. I actually would have ended the story right when he got the, the head to the head. <laughs> head to the head. <laughs> then you don't have to worry about the, the annoying mystery of the end. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? You would just end it there and you think that's not a mystery? You're just like, he gets hit in the head and that's it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, check us out on social media. We're at Fire the Cannon Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we have a, an email, firethecannonpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We have a website, firethecannonpod at website.com. No. no. Dot com. Firethecannonpod.com. Yes. <laughs> www. And then, as we said before, and we'll say it again all the time, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash firethecannon. If you want to learn more about books, you need to support us. <laughs> um, There's no other way. You'll never <laughs> learn anything else if we go under... Just know that. You'll never. We're the final (laughs) life raft in this flood of ignorance. Uh, Yeah. Lastly, go on iTunes and give us a great rating and review because that's very important to us. Apple Podcasts. iTunes doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I did it on iTunes, actually. Also, give us a thumbs up on Spotify if you can. That would be awesome. We finally, guys, we finally got enough thumbs ups that Spotify will show that we've been thumbs up before. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Oh, really? We did. I checked it today before this recording right. and uh, we've got 10 thumbs ups. Guys, thanks for listening. We hope this wasn't too nasty. Uh, we apologize if so. And the next time... Or spooky. Well... It'll be spooky. Yeah, I don't know. Well, or it'll be Rip Van Winkle. I'm not going to ever apologize for being spooky. <laughs> What's wrong with being spooky? <laughs> What's wrong with being spooky? <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.